Welcome to Switcheroo, a dirty little podcast about religion, sex, and all the in-between parts. With your hosts, Maggie Baxter, an atheist turned evangelical, and Nick Vu, an evangelical turned atheist. Should we should we do an intro? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Imagine that the song that Andy wrote is boop, 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 boop. Oh, telephone. You can call me on my telephone. <laughs> you can call me on my telephone. My mom, girl. Yeah, I'm Nick Vu. I'm Maggie Braun. Oh, yeah. God, that's throws I know, me it's off. weird. So, yeah, but... Uh, Maybe I'll just be Maggie Baxter on the podcast. Uh, y- you do you. I was sitting in the backyard sipping on a minty drink. I saw a girl standing there. She was mowing the lawn. I said, hey, Zazik, who's this girl back here? That's the lawnmower girl. What's she doing? She's talking on the telephone. I said, yeah, she's talking on the telephone. Oh, the girl, she's always on the telephone. What's that girl doing? Talking on the telephone. Okay, what are we talking about today? Uh, Nick, I want you to tell me about how you stopped being a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Is that hilarious to you? Yeah, that kind I'm going of. Straight to hell. I feel like I'm burned was... forever and. <laughs> torment I feel and like gnash I my would, teeth. I feel like... like... That's real silly and funny, isn't it? <laughs> God, you're an asshole. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that. No, it is. If you're going to hell for anything, it's for calling me an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, because there's hate in my heart. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's gone now. Reconcile with your sister yeah. <laughs> before you settle your oh, you're my sister. legal disputes. Yeah. That's like Jessica? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not your biological sister. Okay. Settle your disputes. Cool. My sister in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you call me an asshole, therefore you go to hell. There was a part on the other uh, podcast where <laughs> I said something and I, was, and I was like, that was a funny gag, but I sound real, like, mean. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And I know listening back on this, I will feel the same. Uh, for co- <laughs> I, you know, I have such love, and I don't go around calling people names or like even joking mean. I don't neg people. But like, we've known each other for so long. Yeah. Did you know that I've never seen you naked? Like in the yeah. whole time that we lived together, I never saw like you. never even like getting Are you out of the shower. That? <laughs> no, but I find it sort of surprising. Right. Like yeah. I have no context for. We live for like. Six years? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't... I think I saw you with your shirt off a couple times, because you used to I mean, work, work out. out in the basement. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was so into it. I was just about to bring up... <laughs> I had to bleep out her name. <laughs> I, had, I had to live vicariously through... <laughs> Getting the goods. She's, she's got all the, all the deep state knowledge. <laughs> deep state knowledge. You and I lived together when you stopped going to church. Uh, yeah, when I stopped going to church. So I wasn't calling myself a Christian for at least two or three years. I still went to church because I was new to Seattle. And I'd always gone to church forever. And so it's just sort of it was a pattern. my world. I've read them. And the church we went to was very social. Met lots of awesome people. Yeah, coming, you know, within... A month or two of being in Seattle, I'd say I had 40 friends and they would like constantly be doing things and asking me to hang out. And that PCEC age group was very fun Mm -hmm. in at that at that church. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) And they were like a little more open minded. I remember having many conversations about kind of where I stood Mm -hmm. and some people really appreciated that honesty and some people had a little bit harder time but it was always fine and I was happy to have those conversations did you get the people who who were like thank you for your honesty is there how can we pray this out of your your system like how can we pray away this doubt you know I actually went to another church at the same time so for a while I was going to two churches okay and what was the other one not a Christian it was a Vineyard Church, okay. which I, I used to go to back in Florida, okay. and they're a little bit more charismatic. They're lots of rock and roll, yeah. And but it was also more conservative, okay. At the same time, 
And again, just lots of really cool people. Uh, I remember the pastor actually seemed to put a little more pressure on me to like be a little bit more mainstream, Mm -hmm. get it together. Yeah. I I remember him praying for me, which we talked about last time. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I, a lot of times, especially in these charismatic churches, we'll like put our hands out or something to receive the spirit of God. Yeah. Uh, and or the they end, lay hands on you. Yeah, and they yeah. were doing that. Yeah, they're super into that. Oh yeah, for those who don't know what charismatic is, usually there is—I mean, there could be speaking in tongues. There's like being slain in the spirit, where you like just fall out. Someone yeah. puts their hand on your forehead, and you like lay on the floor, yeah, writhing or dead. Mm-hmm. And there's being. Uh, I don't know, just kind of caught up in the spirit, which is sort of a trance-like state, and like sometimes you're, you'll shake, or I don't know. And We're going to have to come back to that. Okay, yeah, we can come back to it. But, <laughs> you know, I was in Florida in that church for many years, and so I knew that scene, and it wasn't totally weird for me. Anyway, so he was praying for me, and after the prayer, he was like, I could tell you were like, something was really moving in you. <laughs> I just like uh no. It's a ham- actually, it's a hamburger. Actually from- no. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm gassy. You felt a hamburger. Uh but I was and you know, I was just like and I still wanted to be Christian. That was the thing. And I was just like I I just figured it wouldn't hurt and so like I'll I'll do the things yeah. and see how that goes. The thing is most of that time I was you know, I was kind of had accepted, like, I might be going to hell. Mm. It's just I can't, with honesty, say that I believe all this stuff. And so it's still looking for either the right experience or the right piece of information. Like, I was just reading and writing constantly for the sake of my soul. Was like, there, like, a turning point scripture or, like, a turning point charismatic experience or something where you were like, uh-oh, it's that thing I don't believe. Or Okay, like... so that was the Sola Scriptura. Right, right. And that was basically realizing that, like my whole church life, the Bible was the cornerstone and the measuring stick mm. of like, are you living life correctly? And everything goes back to the Bible. While there are some, certainly some upsides to that, I think it would be harder to the doctrine will creep less Mm -hmm. probably less chances of it becoming like really weird destructive shit which arguably maybe it is weird and destructive (laughs) but there's always that reference point and that tether i guess but you know when i heard that another view is that maybe god is still alive and still speaking and still relevant yeah i was like oh my god that's that sounds truer, yeah. and that is the the God I want to be following, and that really disrupted me because my foundation being the Bible, like everything I had was based on this static, yeah, uneditable, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was like that was the basis, that was the foundation for everything I believed, and so if that's wrong then, like, the whole building could crumble or is compromised. And so I was like, well, what else am I wrong about? So I remember that summer, every day after work, I would come home and just research and write essays for myself, just trying to ask questions and understand. And for the first time, I was not blowing off other perspectives, I think, and not coming to the table, table assuming that they're wrong, yeah. and trying to find the chinks in their arguments and stuff. I was like, like, what if they're right, and what does that mean? Do you feel like you still had still had the lens on of like hoping that hoping oh. that they were wrong so that you could? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, but I was learning intellectual honesty, or just honesty in general. Unpack that. What what's intellectual honesty to you? Like, well, that's a great question. You can use facts and data for your own means. Mm. And if you really 
you know, you can be very selective about the information that you take and uh, build arguments and inferences and deductions based on selective facts. Like if some guy tweets something about a pizza place, you could use that to start a cabal of rich sex fanatics who eat babies. You're saying. Uh, I mean, that's a very extreme example, and <laughs> I would argue that there might not have been much intellectualism in that. Okay. But I'd say yeah. even, I mean, even in uh, academia, in universities and stuff, yes, people build beautiful cathedrals of ideas, but they're also sometimes not willing to hear other perspectives or take in o- other information. It's like, they're in a silo and they've built something amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe it, there's not... They have a lot of agenda there. It's deeply lonely. And... In the silo. Uh, if there's enough people in there. Okay. They could have lots of friends. And, you know, all these students are looking up to them. And so they're at at the top. There's prestige there, too. You know? Are they like the rooster at the top of the silo? I'm imagining oh, an actual yeah, like, farmhouse mm-hmm. silo. Okay. Yeah, there's a little, little rooster up there. They basically, you, yeah. What were the uh, essays uh, about? I want to know, like, what was, like, one oh, God, essay that you were writing for remember. yourself? I think researching homosexuality and, like, what does the Bible really say about that? Yeah. And what would it mean about a God who would turn his back on somebody for a preference like this, mm-hmm. especially if that preference involves caring for somebody deeply yeah. and like having human connection. Yeah. And finding a lot of what the Bible says is not very clear, learning that there are different ways to interpret it. And, and a lot of things, I mean, for the homosexuality part, like I'm not convinced that the Bible says Anything is a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it's referenced a few times, but I don't think that's what they're really after. Right. I want to unpack the word preference. Mm-hmm. Because when you talked about polyamory last time, yeah. you had a m- much more like, this is beyond preference. Like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my fundamental mode of living. Yeah. So just to unpack, uh, unpack the word preference, like... When you were researching and studying that thing, is that were you under the impression that like being queer or being gay was a preference that you were making or that you held or? <laughs> right. I actually, it's funny that you called out that word because that's not the word I would usually say. I was trying to actually pick a word that wasn't choice, right? That sat somewhere <laughs> right. between choice and. Like being born this way. Yeah. And yeah, at the time, I don't remember how I felt about it. But right now, choosing that word, it's like, I don't think it matters whether it's a choice or not. Yeah. Like, yes, there is an argument that if I'm born this way, then whatever. (laughs) But also just like, I don't know. Are you going to come down on me if my favorite color is purple? (laughs) <laughs> Does it matter where that came from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. maybe I was born loving purple. Maybe I had lots of friends who liked purple, so I chose it too. Like, who cares? And when it comes to the idea of, like, whether or not God cares or whether yeah. or not God says anything about it, mm-hmm. if you're a God that cares whether or not someone likes purple or if you're a God who created someone who likes purple and specifically made them to like purple... There's mm-hmm. a big difference. I think that's the, like, was I born this way or not? I definitely believe that I I did not grow into being attracted to women. Mm-hmm. I, at least I, like, I was long before I had any idea that I was. So, like, mm-hmm. or, like, uh, consciousness of it. Like, I couldn't say the words out loud, but I knew that I was. So, right. anyway. It, there's certainly a lot of politics wrapped up in whether... It is a thing from birth. But I, that's yeah. with the, within the church. It's interesting because like at, at the place that I'm at in like evangelicalism right now, the word preference is like widely used as a like, this is a choice mm, that people are oh, making yeah, to yeah. be sinful, right. which based 
and not based on like I was born this way and uh, it's not a choice. This is just who I am. Mm-hmm. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. yeah, no, that's you continue right. to be involved in the church like long after you were doing all this research and stuff. Yes. At least with dance. So I, I think it was in that summer. It was a really big deal. Just kind of quietly one night, I'm like, okay, I do not believe that Jesus is a Lord and Savior, and I do say not it, believe it. in God. <laughs> and so, like, that was my apostasy, kind of the recanting officially. And, and to yourself. No, yeah, to myself. In in the same way that, like, it's in the you, basement. you would come to Jesus. Like, oh, yeah. It was a, a, oh, like a coming to Jesus moment. Yeah. A, a going leaving, from Jesus. A leaving from Jesus. Yeah. And along with that was an acknowledgement that I could burn in hell forever for this. Oof. And so it was kind of like a breakup. I should also mention that I was really serious in my evangelicalism. Like, I was... You took it really seriously. Yeah. I was in it, and I advocated for it, and I, yeah, went to lots of churches. I was involved in all sorts of programs, evangelical programs in college. Camps. Um, did ca- lots of camps. That was my jam. And, man, camps were awesome. Yeah. I gotta say, camps ruled. Yeah, so I was very, very invested and this, and so I did not leave it out of, hey, this is inconvenient for my lifestyle or whatever. It was a very intentional, like, breaking up. That kind of makes me think about the what I wanted to come back to, which is yeah. the, like, more Pentecostal or more charismatic mm-hmm. things. Can you tell me about, like, a time that you... Did you ever speak in tongues? Did you ever get slain in the spirit? I wasn't as... I don't even know what the word would be. Tossed around by the spirit as a lot of other people. But um, there were times when I like had my hands up during the worship songs yeah. and like really feeling it. And like my hands would start shaking. And I did uh, bust out crying, like just sobbing once. Do you are you able to like compartmentalize that version of yourself and be like, that was real and my, like, current knowledge of that not being real is also real. Or do you... Yeah, that's actually really interesting. There's no cognitive dissonance about that. I know our brains are wild. And I've taken lots of psychedelics. And I was I just going to say, I feel like this is the perfect dovetail into yeah. our second segment, which is, like, things that make us feel that way. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, like, spiritual mm-hmm. or... And where I am now... I think saying, I mean, that's kind of the black and white thinking, saying that was true or that was false. Right. Right. Could there be some truth in it? Could there be some, like, misguided truth in it? Was I, it was a real human experience. Do you look back on it with any shame or embarrassment? No. Like, I can't believe I was so dumb or whatever. Oh, no. That's weird. Yeah, I've had lots of resentment about Christianity that have taken me... I don't know, 15 years to move through. And that's not one of them. That's good. Because I feel like that's what's keeping me in Christianity is Mm. the idea that like those experiences can still happen, whether or not you are skeptical or hurt or those can still be pursued and you can still like find those mystical moments. Mm -hmm. Well, you said that's what's keeping you in Christianity. Yeah, I think so. Because I think I would have... Like, it would be hard to do my job if I didn't believe that there was some sort of transcendent power to singing songs. Mm, like, Yeah, okay, gotcha. I think I, I've moved more away from the idea of dualism. There's an object to worship yeah. um, and more into the, like, we are all connected. And so I can mm. still worship or put my worship elsewhere. Anyway, I haven't... That's, like, I would have to... Uh, free associate for a while to get to where, <laughs> where I'm going with that. But yeah. like, I mean, I think we can fall into trances from a lot of different methods. Yeah. And I think that there is a lot of wonder to be had in the human experience. Yes. And those are generally good things. But I guess, you know, if the charismatic stuff, if that's anchoring you into something, 
into believing other things yeah. that might be more destructive, then that could be a problem. Oh, is it a good idea to just always be like poking at holes? I feel like I just want to constantly be poking at holes until like there isn't any fabric left. <laughs> if that, like until the fabric is torn away yeah. and then I just see reality. Yeah. But let's, let's do, I mean, is reality on the other side let's of that? Do some Molly about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Molly Moo's ice cream? Yes. Let's yeah. go get some Molly Moo's <laughs> ice cream. That is a transcendent experience. Salted caramel. <laughs> they put ecstasy in the ice cream. <laughs> that's, that's why, why it's, it's so good. That's why it's called Molly Moo. <laughs> Shout out to Molly Moon's. <laughs> so this episode is sponsored by Molly Moon's. <laughs> There's salted caramel. That was the first time so I've ever good. had any salted caramel. Now it's a big trend. Yeah. And everyone has it's, it. Everyone has it. They did an, a flavor called salted licorice, mm. but they only had it for one summer. I might actually I be into that. I love licorice it was tea. so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Like, really weird. I'm certain that 90% of people who got it were like, this is disgusting, but I loved it. All right. So good. Licorice is polarizing. Yeah. I heard it can give you migraines, too. And uh, cause heart, heart, uh, should we heart experiment? Issues. Yeah. I could Let's be here <laughs> just in case. Will you be my safe person? Under. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what's, your licorice guide, your spirit guide. What's my safe word going to be? <laughs> I'm dying. I'm Nick, dying. Nick, help. please to God help me. <laughs> help me. Take me to the hospital. <laughs> that, that's a good safe word. <laughs> Yeah, safe words are funny. Like coming from can the- you imagine this? If you're having like some bondage sex experience, you just say, "I'm dying. Take me to the hospital." Uh, no, that's good. Like sometimes we'll do that, and like some people just don't even just use your words and talk to me, yeah. and I will take you seriously. Yeah. Yes. You know? uh, I think it's maybe more useful if you're doing consensual non-consent. Or things right. where you might be saying no, and that's part of what you agreed on. Right. To make it spicier. Right. I don't understand that. What? I. Will you help me understand that better? Because. Uh, which, which thing? Consensual non consent. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Is this transitioning to the new segment? Yep. <laughs> new <laughs> segment. Welcome, welcome to a new segment <laughs> on consensual non consent. This is where we go from a story about our conversion into psychedelics. Into consensual non-consent. Consensual non-consent. I don't understand it as candidly as I can say it, I think. I don't understand a, a way where that's healthy. Because I mm-hmm. only have an experience of it being unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to... Well, probably uh, you had experienced non-consent yes. being unhealthy, but yes. not consensual non-consent. Yes. But I don't... Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine finding that enjoyable, like, in my body... That doesn't mean that I can't imagine that it is enjoyable to others, but mm-hmm. that I, like, I can't feel in my body or imagine in my body ever finding that enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think there's a couple different types of consensual non-consent, at least that I can think of off the top of okay. my head. One would be using things that impair you, like drinking. Okay. 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 Your judgment night might not fully be there. Okay. And I mean, it doesn't even need to be intoxicants. It could be, I don't know, you just found out a tragedy happened, like somebody died, and you're very emotionally vulnerable right now. Okay. And would you be making the same call if you had all of your faculties there? About just being, like, really hungry? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All these things. Like, there's lots of ways that we become impaired. Okay. Okay. And... There are some kinksters who are like, that removes any kink. Like, that's off the table. Okay. Uh, and then there are others... Wait, impairment is off the table? If you are... In, no, if you are impaired, we are not going to play. Okay, got it. And then there's others that... Like, I have a group of friends that we play together and we use intoxicants. And that is... Fun, yeah. Uh, you know, lowers inhibitions. But we're all going into this situation knowing that 
I'm going to be impaired and you are probably also going to be impaired. What kind of, like, what kind of contract is there when you go into just a knowing of each other? Like you, yeah, you just knowing understand. your situation. Yeah. Knowing, I know myself well enough to know there's a very low risk. There's never a zero risk. Right. You have to admit that. But there's a very low risk that I'm going to make a decision that I regret. Okay. And I have to trust that they're in a similar place or they're willing to go through that journey of figuring out where that boundary is. Is that impairment uh, so that you like is the lowered inhibitions idea like if I wasn't impaired, I might not do this thing Mm -hmm. willing or like comfortably. Yeah. But with. So part of consent is uh, I mean, there's different aspects to consent. Uh, It's not just getting a yes out of somebody. Somebody could say yes out of duress. They might not have all the information that they should have. They might have changed their mind. Right. That's perfectly legit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So know your group. Yeah. Knowing your group. But then there's also like, I enjoy having a drink or two and getting buzzed. And I would be willing Maybe to hook up with somebody. Yeah. So knowing yourself also. Knowing yourself, yeah. And But, you know, if somebody was just sloppy drunk and they were trying to pick me up, I would like to think I would decline because I don't know them well enough to know that, like, this is what they actually want. Right. And even if it was a friend who I know a lot, like, unless we've had this type of conversation or, like... I don't know. I would be very hesitant um, and even say I shouldn't do that. So, okay. So that's one type of consensual non-consent. Impairment. Is impairment. Yeah. Uh, And the other type is, it's often a type of role-playing, I I would say, where a lot of people have rape fantasies. That's very real. A lot of people, my partner is very bratty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I heard somebody describe like when they're like, what is like what does that mean? What does it mean to be bratty? It's somebody who says, Why don't you make me? <laughs> I love that. Right? And I mean, yeah, brats are awesome for all sorts of reason reasons. If they're a 24-7 brat, I don't know if I can handle right. that. But But in specific context. Yeah. And so she likes to actually pretend like she's putting up a fight or not enjoying something. One of her her famous lines that I love is, I don't even like it that much. <laughs> oh, man, that's cold. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's at the same time denying that she likes it, but also being like, eh, and I, I actually do a little bit. So is there a starting point where that begins? Or do you guys have like a wink? That, like, I have transitioned into this mode. For her, we just... I mean, we've been together for seven and a half years. We know the the rules that we play by. Right. And we know what's okay. And I am confident enough to also... There are very subtle cues that I'm always looking for Mm. that are like, she's not having a good time right now. I'm trying to... We do have a safe word. Oh, yeah. Our safe word is porcelain. We've never used it at all. Uh, and it's almost there just like, it's a spicy thing to have a safe word. Right. It's cool and edgy. That's a when, really pretty one. Isn't it? Right, yeah. I think so. If something comes up, she says, ow, or hey, babe, in a very particular way yeah. that I know we need to uh, take a step back and check in. Yeah. Does that kill any sort of mood? Or does that build intimacy or situationally... Maybe yeah. both or neither. It, I mean, it it interrupts the mood certainly, but that needs to happen, mm-hmm. right? It's it, we are not a, a slave to the mood, yeah, uh, and that is a very dangerous thing. I I ask that because I feel like that is a message that um, purity culture definitely taught me was that like mm-hmm. don't ruin the mood was like a big big thing like. Just keep doing it because mm-hmm. that's your job. Yeah, and they I actually hear that a lot about, you know, have having check-ins about sexual health and about mm-hmm. boundaries 
before, like you can be making out and you could tell things are going in a certain direction. And yeah, it certainly interrupts the mood to be like, okay, when were you last tested? Yeah. But if you can also make that part of the culture, yeah, we are slowly learning by taking these little timeouts that this is a person who can be trusted and who's actually looking out for their own health and for my health. Mm-hmm. I think that in the long term, that can create more in- intimacy because there's that trust. Yeah, having somebody who, whether you know them well or not, where you know you can say, hey, we need to stop or slow down, and you're confident that they're going to be responsive and respect that and still care about you and be open to exploring things later, whether that's in one minute or a year from now. That's what we need. I think when I, like, initially asked about this, part of my dream for this podcast Mm -hmm. is that it ends up being kind of an anti-love line did you ever listen to Loveline when you I were did, in like yeah. middle school and early yeah. high school? But even thinking back on it, it was like so disgustingly s- steeped in misogyny, mm-hmm. like really, really bad, just really horrible messages to women. But I remember having most of my sex ed coming from that show. Yeah, I did. And I remember there being like a kind of a common narrative that if a a woman who called in had a high-pitched voice that they had abuse in their background. Or if they had rape fantasies or Mm -hmm. wanted to do, like, I certainly I heard that more than once on the show. Like, my girlfriend Mm -hmm. always wants me to pretend I'm raping her. And that their, their language around it was always like, she has been raped in her past. Like, that is the story. Mm -hmm. Like, hands down. And so I have that kind of ingrained in my mind that Mm -hmm. like, that it's just like a re-traumatization. If that's your kink, Mm -hmm. do you have an alternate viewpoint? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Dan Savage talks about this every once in a while. And he is a local uh, columnist and um, podcaster and is kind of in the public eye as far as... uh, sex and sex advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he so has seen or talks about research where like there seems to be no correlation <laughs> between these things. Good. Uh that's not to say that a trauma can't beget right some preference for a certain type of intimacy. Yeah. To some extent Notice I use the word preference again. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think it makes more sense I in this I don't know context. that it matters. Like, if it's uh, consenting participants yeah. and it's not getting in the way of your life, right. you know, messing up your If your partner your isn't constantly asking you about your past trauma every time you... Right. Well, I'm saying, like, maybe I like to do some really crazy things, but if that's traumatizing my kids right or if i'm showing up to work with black eyes you might need to rethink that like that's that's where it's getting into the destructive realm you know you might need to find other outlets for these things like a fight club like a fight club yeah exactly (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) should we call kelly (laughs) ask her what she thinks about kink uh, yes or like ask her what she thinks about consensual non-consensual <laughs> should we get her consent to uh be on the podcast yes i think so and kelly is our old roommate that's right and kind of our mom kind of mom. i guess mom we might <laughs> she wasn't like motherly at all but no. we would certainly make fun of her but... we refer to her as mommy a lot mommy <laughs> Skip this, Daddy. <laughs> Maggie. <laughs> it's Maggie and Nick. Hi, Kelly. What What is going on? Well, we need your consent to be a part of our podcast. I need to be part of your podcast. No, we need you to consent to be part of, part of our podcast. You consent. Uh, I don't know what's involved. <laughs> <laughs> You, you just keep talking. You just be Kelly, and we'll be Nick and Maggie, and, and we'll call you every once in a while as a as a guest spot. Okay, maybe. <laughs> okay, how about 
part of this negotiation can be you can always say that to dot air this part. Okay. So what is, what's the premise of this podcast? <laughs> we, we're still working on that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay. But it's not about... Um, it's not entirely about, like, anal sex. So <laughs> you could probably get behind it. <laughs> get behind it. Get it? <laughs> get it, Kelly? Do you get it? Did you get the joke? So do you want to be on our anal sex podcast? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Skip would be into that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we miss Are you, you a lot. In this? Yeah, we're we're, we're we're recording right now. We're recording. You're on you're on our podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so listen, is literally driving out to my house, so I'm gonna have to jump off the phone. But I would like this, to continue the conversation. This was real. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for being You're a great. part of our podcast. You're our favorite person. <laughs> We're going to make you a star. <laughs> We're going to oh, shoot oh, you okay, in the butt. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I hope to hear from you guys soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> that was See, perfect. That was good. That was great. Just the right amount of time with Kelly. Mm-hmm. And that was the part about Kelly. Ding. I want to know more about your your uh, exit, uh, your slow fade from Christianity. No, are we going back to the previous section? We don't have to, but I'm just saying, yeah. I was I was kind of concluding there, oh, like okay. saying, cool. like I'd like to talk more about that at another time. Oh, not right now. Yeah. Okay. And I would like to also talk more about kink. Yeah, I love talking about kink. Okay, good. It's very fun. What is your kinkiest fantasy that you haven't told anyone? <laughs> Especially your oh husband. I see uh, you blushing a little bit, so there is there is one, obviously. Oh uh, you're hiding under your sweatshirt right now and snorting. Just Okay, you could just whisper it, just whisper it in the microphone and we won't tell anybody. Whisper it. I I had to think about it. I didn't like I don't know that it's that kinky though. Like it's not crazy. Here's the thing about King. <laughs> somebody, somebody once told me she's like can i have a a, a makeout kink like yeah, is that yes. okay i think honestly i think kink is a very cultural thing okay. it's just something that's not mainstream accepted can like, you tell me the difference between fetish and kink yeah i think as far as i know i think a fetish is kind of a fixation okay on an object or body part okay. like having a foot fetish yeah uh whereas yeah what would it, a kink might be a little bit more about the process of how this is being carried out okay is it like okay very rough is it does it involve or toe sucking toys and... if you have a foot fetish toe sucking is the kink yeah so i think there's a lot of overlap okay yeah see i might have a toe fetish uh and the toe fetish might be one of my kinks okay Okay. Did that explain anything? Or a little is that bit, circular? yeah. No, I okay. I believe you. I think you should always fact check me. But it, but it it's a good framework for me to answer the question. <laughs> oh, is, so you have a fetish? Yeah. Well, no, not a fetish. I have a kink. Like I have a a secret kink. I guess okay. it's not secret on purpose, but it's secret because I have never told anybody. <laughs> Are you going to reveal it right now? Yeah. Okay. This is going to be kind of explicit, so if you're listening with small kids... <laughs> Turn it off at the beginning of this podcast yeah, and yeah, don't listen to Tell them to, to come into the room and listen closely. <laughs> <laughs> and I have never been able to find it in pornography. I'm sure that it exists somewhere, but... Mm-hmm. Like an eating pussy glory hole. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, uh, like reverse glory holes. <laughs> Where the uh-huh. where the like hole. woman's lower half is exposed and uh-huh. the other side isn't, but not penis penetration, just right oral sex. Yeah, and I can't right there, and I can't see. Yeah, the other who, who is on the other side. Mm-hmm. So there's a little just. I think it's the like just experiencing the physical and not having any association with the like the humanity of yeah. the other person. Awesome. I imagine being laying on my back. 
and go like oh. going into like the MRI machine and then oh, having like I'm... a. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm and not then picturing what you're talking about. Someone's going down. Yep. On the other side of this like partition. Got you. Okay, so that's not really a glory hole. No, I don't think there's no holes involved. <laughs> That's it's right, just like okay. there's a partition, mm-hmm. almost like like a curtain, like a C- your, over your waist, like a C-section curtain that yeah. goes up here, so I don't see what's happening on the other side, but I can right. feel it. Right. Yeah. Great. Yeah, but I have. Uh, I don't think there's any porn that addresses that, or I haven't found it yet. Where it's like yeah, you it's know, just like thing. a room, like one room with a wall with like a slot for your lower body to mm-hmm. go in to slide in, like you're in the morgue, like on yeah. a rolly bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't either. Humfest, get on it. Yeah, <laughs> or you should get on it. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I don't think starring in pornography is in my. Okay. In my immediate Well, future. if nobody sees your upper half. <sighs> I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see my lower half either. <laughs> I don't know. Is there, is, is there like a double postpartum <laughs> fetish that people have? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This person and has had Honestly, it's more about babies. what you're into. Like, are you into exposing yourself in that manner? No. Okay. The you should not know it. Is no. Uh I no, but I I am I think I would be interested in seeing it. Okay. And watching yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you be interested in in doing that with Mike? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I think that your advice to tell my husband that this is something that I would be yeah. interested in might be interesting. If you're broaching the subject of these fantasies and you haven't gone here in your communication, yeah, I might start it off by doing like a little pre-correcting and teaching. Like, I'm going to say something and okay. this is vulnerable for me. Okay. And here's, even if you don't like it or are not into it, I need to hear these things from you at least first. Okay. Like. Good. Like, don't even let him accidentally say, ooh, gross. Okay. Like, or, these, that's weird. These things are off limits. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to open up and be vulnerable about this thing, mm-hmm. this is my expectation for how the yeah. conversation's going to And go. you can even say why that's important to you. Like, I want to be able to share more things with you. And I think this could be fun to even talk about, not necessarily act on. You know, you're the person I trust most. And you could even encourage him to share something in response. And then you can be the model spouse who is the not say, that's not saying that you have to love it and want to do that thing, but you could at least be like super supportive and be like, fuck yeah. Like, that's so cool that you were honest with me. Yeah, you, and that you, you had the courage to, to share this thing that I know we both have a lot of insecurities tied up in. Yeah. And talk up the process. Okay. See, we are a, a modern day love line, but with yeah. better, better suggestions. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so, too. Are we going to become sex advice? People? I think a sex and religion advice. Sex and religion advice. Yeah. Okay. And we have... Gesperts come on. Like Kelly. Yeah. Who knows everything about anal sex. <laughs> we probably have to cut that out. I guess nobody knows which <laughs> Kelly it is. It's true. Apparently, apparently Skip knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She's not going to be friends with us anymore. We're going to throw her under the bus for stardom. Yep. In our yeah. podcast. <laughs> She's going to be this the springboard from which we leap into fame. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Did we? I think we did it. All right. Uh, see wait, you all what's, later. Wait, what's your kinkiest kink? <laughs> that you've never told anybody, you asshole. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I do share most of my kinks with my partner. Yeah. It's actually weird. Her being more of a submissive and a brat, she, for over the years, has been a lot more vocal hmm. about her kinks. and Like, gradually has become more? Or, or, no. or has been more than you? Oh, has been more than me. Okay. And she lives in Berlin, so we're kind of long distance. So I think it's kind of a, a bid to spice things up a little bit. She's mm-hmm. like, 
I want you to start texting me what you masturbate about. What do you think about? And I should also say she is like the least jealous. I told her I wanted to bang her best friend. And she's like, whoa, awesome. I'll wing for you. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> but I also said that knowing how open she was. And, you know, and we've, yeah. you know, did you she's set, played did with you a lot of my friends. Did you set up that conversation in the way that you just uh, encouraged me to set up that conversation? Like, I'm going to tell you something vulnerable or oh, no. are you guys have established that enough yeah, we, that you don't we need we play to? with our friends and stuff and i mean she's played with a lot more of my friends than vice versa you know that is it's that me. is a language that i am is going to take me some time to get used to play playing with oh, friends playing because yeah. i have small children and they uh, play in a very different way <laughs> yeah that's very true yeah there's not many kids in in our circle the latest Thing that has been very intriguing to me. I think it'd be really hot to have somebody who has already had a load of cum come into their pussy. Okay. And then okay. I would fuck them basically like the sloppy seconds. Okay. Uh, also without a condom. Okay. But but into the cum. Into the cum. Okay. Yes. I want to be one with the cum that is already there in the pussy. And use it as lubricant or... Yeah, sure. Okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess using it as as lubricant okay. and just having but it a... spread all around. Okay. And I mean, and there's part of that is like the lady would kind of, we'd be taking turns on her or something. Yeah. So kind of used in that regard. Also me becoming, I don't know, more comfortable with cum. Yeah. Other people's cum, yeah. I should say. Uh... So I think there's different angles to why I think that's hot. But also, I don't. I don't need to explain myself. Yeah. It's just a thing. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like I need to and defend my weirdness. <laughs> here's, here's a breakdown of all the emotional things that have brought me to this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, as you can tell, I'm also a little uncomfortable with this stuff, even though I've been in the scene well, for a long time. When I first started going to church, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had had some pretty significant sexual experience by that point. And I remember going to bridal showers and bachelorette parties where Mm. these women were kind of talking about like what sex was going to be like. Mm. And I remember being like, these women need me to tell them what sex is going to be like. Like they need someone who actually knows because there are a lot of people who are like, I'm never going to give a blowjob. Like, (laughs) which just, it made me sad because like I enjoyed them. Right, yeah. like, and and so that was that made me sad that there was just this like stigma around that that mm-hmm. was based with in like absolutely no knowledge. But anyway, as a Christian, I started to believe that I needed to wait until I was married to be able to like have the authority oh, to have to have those kind of. Yeah. I was at all these bridal showers and bachelorette parties for women who were virgins, being like, I should not say anything. Like, it is not my place to wow. to talk about this because. The sex that I had was like the wrong kind. No matter what, mm. like no matter what the relationship was, or like how loving and healthy and open it was, it was not. Sexual it was experience. like yeah, it was yeah. like wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have any ground to stand on when I shared that. But I always thought that's what I want to provide to women in the churches: this open dialogue around what sex can can be like and how fun it can be. And so I imagine that part of this show is Christian women listening <laughs> and being like, "Oh, this Christian person, this Christian woman is like talking about being queer and like that's okay, <laughs> like talking about giving blowjobs and that's also okay, yeah. and it's okay for these things to I can learn about that kind of stuff." In, a, in an environment that, like, doesn't feel like it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. It does make me think kind of like, along with Loveline, I used to listen to these shock jocks. Yeah. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah. Uh, Lex and Terry in the morning in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was high school, and it was just, like, very titillating. Yeah. I did learn a lot. So we'll be shock jocks. Okay. Um, but cool about it. Yeah, but, like... But I, I but can like... also imagine people listening. I listened to it like, ooh... Yeah. Like, I know what this is kind of wrong and I sh- probably shouldn't be. Yes. And this is maybe a little bit past the line yep. of what I should be allowing into my head. But. Well, we can feel those feelings too. We'll just we feel can. those feelings while yeah. we're talking about it. I That's can be right. like, I don't know if my husband is going to be comfortable with me sharing my, my kinks on mm-hmm. our podcast. And you could also 
report back. That could be yeah. a very cool, like, how did that go? Yeah. Could you see a better way to do that? Do you have advice now? Yes. Having just done that? I like that. That you could share with people? Yeah. I like the idea also of exploring, like, I want to, anyway, I want to try speaking in tongues sometime because oh. like, I'm, re- I mean, that's a, a little bit of a deviation from yeah. the sex stuff. <laughs> I mean, although speaking in tongues could definitely be a, like a position or a sexual act. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna speak with my tongue. I'm going to... Let my want, tongue do the talking. I want my partner to speak in tongues, if you know what I mean. <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Like, it could even be kind of like body, mind, and spirit, where like one section is very physical... And one is more intellectual and yes. one is more spiritual. I love that. I love that. Those three categories being our ex- exploration categories. The whole idea is that, like, the human experience is all three, right? Like, yeah. and so, like... It'll be like a braid. Yeah. And narratives be like wrapping a, over other narratives. It'll be like a, a holy trinity. It'll be like the <laughs> three in one. It'll be like the godhead. <laughs> yeah, the godhead. The quadroon god. It'll be like the quadroon. As long as we bring the Bible into it in yes. every episode. Oh, yeah. Body, mind, spirit, and the word of God. And Bible. And uh, this book. <laughs> the Bible by God. By God. <laughs> god autographed my Bible. I have an yeah, autographed copy fun. of the Bible. Should I try to sell an autographed version of the Bible on eBay. <laughs> Oh my gosh, people would buy it. Oh, people would buy it. Oh, it's so gross. Uh, uh, rare autographed copy of the Bible. Yeah, if you're uh, in, in like, consumed by the Holy Spirit, well, listen to worship music, yeah. go into God trance, and then sign a bunch of Bibles. It's great. Great. And, and say, be... the Holy Spirit signed this Bible yeah. for you. Yeah, this oh, was man. God. This I is was our, just a vessel. This is our claim to fame. This is how we actually get rid of This is how we fund our awesome podcast. <laughs> Let's just go stay at a bunch of hotels, get the Gideon Bibles, yeah, Gideon Bibles yeah. and just take them and then, mm-hmm. and then sign them. And sign them. Yeah. eBay them. Yeah. Cool. This is, I like it. Our funding model. If there's anything that like... causes me to go to hell, it is. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a hell, an internal hell... <laughs> that's how I'm getting that's, that's your free pass. Yep. <laughs> uh, get rich. That's right. That's what I'm in it for. God's autograph. The money. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we done? Yeah. I was sitting in the backyard, sipping on a minty drink. I saw a girl standing there. She was mowing the lawn. I said, Hey, Zazik, who's this girl back here? That's the love, my girl, what you doing? Is she talking on the telephone?